engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. It is 5.09. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Well, let's discuss Charlottesville, shall we? News of the day. I mean, we might as well get this out of the way. And this is one of those days where you just need to listen to this entire segment before you start calling and railing on me and hate mail and whatnot. The president finally got it right today. Uh, his first statement needed some work. Here's his first statement uh, from Saturday. We're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms... This egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides, on many sides. It's been going on for a long time in our country. Not Donald Trump, not Barack Obama. It's been going on for a long, long time. It is no place in America. What is vital now is a swift restoration of law and order and the protection of innocent lives. No citizen should ever fear for their safety and security in our society. And no child should ever be afraid to go outside and play or be with their parents and have a good time. In and of itself, not a bad statement. I mean, for this president, it was forceful, not a bad statement. The problem was... No one would have been protesting or marching in Charlottesville, Virginia, had the white nationalists, white supremacists not showed up. So he needed to name them. And and yes, I know some of you are, are yelling at the radio right now saying, no, he didn't. He did. And the reason he did is because this is a president who routinely attacked Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton for not naming radical Islam. According to Donald Trump himself, if you do not name the evil, the evil festers. And this in Charlottesville, Virginia, was a meeting of white nationalists. And by the way, they were protesting Jews. That hasn't got a lot of media attention, but they were protesting Jews. The officers and, and young lady who were killed in Charlottesville, Virginia, they were not killed by Antifa. They were not killed by Black Lives Matters. They were not killed by any left-wing group. They were killed by neo-Nazis and their supporters. The president needed to name them. Probably the, the model for doing this is Ronald Reagan back in 1981 uh, when uh, some emboldened um, alt-right guys, who birchers who thought that Reagan was one of them, uh, tried to protest, Reagan named them and then said this in a public speech. Recently in some places in the nation, there's been a disturbing reoccurrence of bigotry and violence. If I may, from the platform of this organization, known for its tolerance, I would like to address a few remarks to those groups who still adhere to senseless racism and religious prejudice. To those individuals who persist in such hateful behavior, if I were speaking to them instead of to you, I would say to them, you are the ones who are out of step with our society 
You are the ones who willfully violate the meaning of the dream that is America. And this country, because of what it stands for, will not stand for your conduct. And everybody knew exactly who he was talking about. There was not on all sides, on both sides, or anything like that. Uh, the president, though, he did do that today, which suggests he got the message that he should have done it to begin with. Uh, and the question is not that the president did it and, and it's the president's fault. A lot of people want to blame the president directly for it. But who did he get advice from? And there's a growing sense that it might be Steve Bannon and his days may be numbered. The president came out today and gave the statement he should have given on Saturday. Um, and my guess and I haven't talked to anybody at the White House today, but my guess is that uh, the blowback was fairly intense for 48 hours. You had Republican members of Congress criticizing the president. There haven't been this many Republicans, elected officials, criticizing President Trump since the Access Hollywood tape, which puts, puts in perspective uh, uh, the big deal that this was for a lot of them. Orrin Hatch, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Cory Gardner, Tim Scott, um, a, a great many of them coming out and saying, no, Mr. President, you need to call out the white supremacists specifically by name. None of this would have happened but for them. And so today he did. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. We are a nation founded on the truth that all of us are created equal. We are equal in the eyes of our Creator. We are equal under the law. And we are equal under our Constitution. Those who spread violence in the name of bigotry strike at the very core of America. Two days ago, a young American woman, Heather Hare, was tragically killed. Her death fills us with grief, and we send her family our thoughts, our prayers, and our love. We also mourn the two Virginia State Troopers who died in service to their community, their commonwealth, and their country. Troopers Jay Cullen and Burt Bates exemplify the very best of America. And our hearts go out to their families, their friends, and every member of American law enforcement. These three fallen Americans embody the goodness and decency of our nation. That was the statement he should have given on Saturday. I mean, it really was. It was an unforced error. It allowed the media to attack him. It allowed the media to point out his father had marched in a Klan rally back in the day. It allowed the media to attack um, people who worked for the president. It allowed the media to dredge up the feuding with Steve Bannon in the White House. Legitimate story, by the way. It looks like Bannon's days are numbered. Scaramucci has come out and attacked Bannon and blamed Bannon for the president's lack of a more forceful statement. Even Jeff Sessions came out with a more forceful statement than the president uh they calling it domestic terrorism and uh, a racist crime and he got uh, to the right of the president on this forcing the president to do this today it shouldn't have happened and again let's be clear here this is a this is a white house management issue whoever is advising the president should have made this happen on saturday 
and they didn't, and that's a problem. And it suggests that General Kelly is acting quickly to try to remedy these, these things, but uh, it should have happened to begin with. The fact of the matter is none of what happened in Charlottesville would have happened but for the white nationalists deciding to march. Now, they weren't the only ones to cause injury there. Antifa, the left-wing radicals, caused damage too. And we need to discuss that as well because there's a lot of smug, preening leftists out there today uh, saying, oh, it, it's, it's all the right, it's all the right, it's not us. Actually, there have been more violent left-wing protests in this country than right-wing protests, white nationalist protests, white supremacist protests, or alt-right protests combined in the last eight years. And the left would prefer you not pay attention to that, and they would deny it, and this is a problem, and I'll explain why when we come back. Twenty-six after the hour, Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The problem we have with what's going on with uh, the protests this weekend is that the left-wing groups like Antifa are as violent, if not more violent, than these neo-Nazi white supremacist groups. Now, I know no one has died from those. They've gotten lucky. But they've thrown many more Molotov cocktails. They have destroyed many more businesses. And the problem is this. Your run-of-the-mill progressive views these Antifa guys as moral. That they are fighting fascism. They are standing up for the underprivileged. They are fighting for equality. In fact, I I had a, a guy respond to me today and say, how can you morally, how can you say these groups are equal? We, and he meaning the left, we fight for equality and justice. These, they fight for the superiority of the white race. Well, the left fights for the superiority of other things, not race-based, whether it's uh, sexual orientation, whether it's gender, uh, whether it is you name it. Um, the left is essentially fighting not for superiority of the white race, uh, but for the suppression of the white race in favor of others. They are two sides of the same coin, these left-wing groups and these, these uh, white supremacist groups. They are polar opposites of each other within the coin. They, this is Newton's law at work. I mean, you've got equal and opposite reactions. As Antifa pushes, you've got these alt-right guys push, then Antifa pushes back and forth. But what about the list of the protests? I've got the list of protests in the last eight years. Let me run you through these and see if you find a common thread and a new story that you're not hearing, but you should. is 39 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB in Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Now, before we move into phone calls here, I'm going to go through this list. We have seen violent protests in Oakland, California in 2009 
Akron, Ohio in 2009, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 2009, Santa Cruz, California in 2010, Oakland, California in 2010, Los Angeles, California in 2010, Oakland, California in 2011, Chicago, Illinois in 2012, Anaheim, California in 2012, Brooklyn, New York in 2013, Ferguson, Missouri in 2014, New York City, New York, 2014, Baltimore, Maryland, 2015, Anaheim, California, 2016, Chicago, Illinois, 2016, St. Paul, Minnesota, 2016, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 2016, Charlotte, North Carolina, 2016, Standing Rock, where's Standing Rock, is it North Dakota, 2016, Oakland, California in 2016, Portland, Oregon in 2016, Washington, D.C. in 2017, uh, Berkeley, California three times in 2017, Anaheim, California again in 2017, Olympia, Washington in 2017, and Portland, Oregon in 2017. All of these were left-wing protests. Molotov cocktails were thrown. People were beaten up. Storefront windows were shattered. People were threatened. You know, in Portland, Oregon, they were having a parade and a local Republican group, uh, they had to cancel the parade because the local Republican group uh, was threatened by Antifa. They decided that all of the Republicans were a hate group who would be attacked. Now, here's the thing. The left views these people as moral crusaders in the right. And that is why the situation is going to get worse. See, as long as the left is willing to look at their side and say, they're okay, they're doing nothing wrong, they're, they're moral, they're right, they're going after the right people, well, they have no incentive to try to stamp out Antifa. And Antifa is just as fascist as the fascists. Now, I know they say that they're anti-fascist, but they're fascist. They want to shut down anyone they disagree with. And they have broadly defined fascism to mean anyone on the right they disagree with. Now, concurrently, here's a story, and I want to tell you the story. This is a legitimate news story from Philadelphia, West Goshen Township, really, outside of Philadelphia. Ask yourself what the coverage would be if the parties were reversed. A man described by neighbors as quarrelsome and who placed large anti-Trump signs in his yard is in police custody for the murder of his next-door neighbor, a Republican committeeman. Police in West Goshen Township, Pennsylvania, charged Clayton Carter, 51, in the shooting death of his next-door neighbor, G. Brooks Jennings, in the early morning hours on Tuesday. The conflict began on Monday evening when police officers responded to a dispute between Carter and Jennings that involved cursing and video recordings in one of their backyards. Police de-escalated the conflict. But shortly after midnight, the conflict erupted between the two neighbors as Carter claimed that Jennings shined a light into his eyes. Carter purportedly told police he then drove his car onto his lawn and shined the car's high beams toward Jennings. Investigators say it was at this point Carter went into his home, grabbed a .380, confronted Jennings, and shot him in the head. The neighbors described Jennings as the nicest best guy I've met in my whole life. 
the same neighbors said Carter has a history of causing conflict with his neighbors. Now, imagine how the media would have covered this if it was the Republican killing a Democrat committeeman. I mean, don't tell me it wouldn't have gotten covered nationally. Just don't. I I don't believe you. This would be huge news today. It really would. See, we have a problem right now with what's going on in the country in that the left in this country views itself as heroic and doing good. And so any violence is justified. You have, though, this alt-right group that believes they are in charge. They view Donald Trump as theirs. Stormfront, the Democrat, I'm sorry, the the neo-Nazi group, after Donald Trump's press conference on Saturday, and by the way, he, he did, he, he spoke before anyone was killed on Saturday. You should know that. Uh, let me clarify that. Um, but they, they listened to Donald Trump's remarks on Saturday and sent out a statement saying this was good. He's with us. He's on our side. That he, he he said both sides. And as a result, by saying both sides, he was really giving them a pass. That's how they interpreted it. That's how a lot of people interpreted it. That's why he needed to name them. Now, he did today, and they're very upset, although some of them are coming out today and saying, well, he waited 48 hours, and he's really just doing this to get the pressure off of him. We have to give him a pass. This is why you've got to be forceful in this. But more importantly, those of us on the right who disagree with this sort of stuff, disagree with white nationalism and white supremacy, we've got to be forceful in condemning it because the media wants to label all of us as part of it. And the only way to stop them from easily being able to do it is to forcefully speak against it. They'll never do that with the left. They'll never do that with Antifa. Rarely do they want to point it out. We've got to monitor and patrol our own side, though. We have to, or else the media is going to tar and feather all of us with a bunch of people who would be perfectly happy to have us all tarred and feathered with them because they think, well, the more the merrier with their numbers. It's a contemptible ideology that we, on our own side, need to take care of. It is 56 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Storms continuing to make their way into the metro area. Noonan on the verge of being hit with a storm. Uh, it's headed towards Palmetto and Tyrone. It's going through Whitesburg right now. Douglasville will be getting rain here shortly. Everything is on the west side. Those of you on the east or the north, uh, you're good. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we only got about a minute, Joe, but go ahead. Hey, I don't think I held long enough to get on. Thanks for taking That's my all right. Um, no, real quickly, if you're like me, you kind of ignore what you hear from the left, but there are a lot of people out there that still use the mainstream media for their news source, and it's all the more reason for the Republicans to put their head down and get something accomplished on tax reform, on immigration, on health care, on lowering the unemployment rate. And you know what? If people have a nice job and they're paying less for health care and less taxes, they don't care what the media says. Yes. You know, I, I want to talk about this when we come back, because this is an excellent point, Joe, is the Republicans and the president need to put the pedal to the metal when it comes to their agenda. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. 
It is 6.09. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Uh, we got rain on the west side of the city. Uh, if you're headed down towards Noonan on 85, uh, just south of Palmetto, you're going to get some rain. Uh, to the west of Douglasville, you'll get some rain. Uh, light showers up towards Dallas, Kennesaw, Ackworth, uh, Holly Springs, Woodstock, and Canton. Some um, towards Waleska. The rest of you largely in the clear uh, a few light sprinkles here and there, but not bad. Um, we got to talk about what happened to Stacey Evans this weekend. You know, so Nut Roots Nation happened this weekend. The the online activist left wing group. Uh, they they go to targeted targeted locations. So clearly, in 2018, they're going to target Georgia. Well, they invited uh, Stacey Abrams and Stacey Evans to speak to the crowd. Stacey Abrams, you'll remember, she is the was the Democratic leader in the state house, uh, black, and Stacey Evans is the white state representative and lawyer. Well, uh, her speech was drowned out uh, by at the Netroots Nation uh, while Stacey Abrams was treated like royalty. Um, a, a protester surrounded her. And started chanting and blasting her that she needed to actually support uh, black candidates. You got that? We've got a, a white female candidate who was attacked by grassroots activists on the left claiming that she needed to support black candidates. Support black women, they chanted. Stacey Evans, or Stacey Abrams, rather, or her Stacey Evans's rival, the former Democratic leader in the state house, uh, she and her supporters, they're not really apologizing and they're not condemning it either. Uh, this is where we are with the left right now eating their own. You know, this is actually a good thing for conservatives. Abrams will be an easier candidate to beat on the gubernatorial trail than Evans. Evans will still be beaten, mind you, but a lot more money would have to be spent to beat Stacey Evans. The fact that Stacey Abrams and team are willing to shout down Stacey Evans and the Netroots Nation crowd is supporting Stacey Abrams is a good thing. Now, Stacey Abrams, I just think is a charlatan. I mean, just personally, I've got a number of friends of mine who are Democratic activists in the state. We don't see eye to eye on much, um, but none of them particularly care for Abrams. They think she has wasted a lot of money and has sold herself to the George Soros type groups on the left as being a highly effective organizer of Democrats and a, a registering to vote. And they think she's just wasted a bunch of people's money. And I would tend to agree with that assessment. She has never really done, I think, what she claimed to do. But she's got the, the left-wing activist set convinced that she is some sort of great, great uh, candidate, campaign strategist, and grassroots mobilizer and organizer. And that's not a bad thing for us because she'll be a disaster as a candidate, and that's good for us. A lot less money having to be spent to beat her than Stacey Evans. You know, again, and I realize to some degree I'm going to sound like a broken record tonight, but I, I just can't emphasize this enough. On the left, they view themselves as moral. They have moralized basic political arguments. 
So you cannot convince them that anyone on their side does anything wrong because they believe they're standing up for the little guy. They believe they're standing up for equality. They believe they're standing up for justice. Meanwhile, they're shutting down bakers and florists and photographers because they want to try to live their lives and live their religion in their lives. They are harassing anyone they disagree with. Um, They are uh, attacking and, and shutting down opponents within the Democratic Party. Not a good look. But here's the thing. I think we're going to get to a point in this country where the media pushes harder and harder against groups like the alt-right and white nationalists, white supremacists, what have you, and they're just going to make them grow. They're, because, you know, say what you will about any of these groups, they all have a right to free speech. Every one of these groups has a right to advocate in the town square. They don't have a right, I don't think, to be violent. And I have a real problem with any group out there peddling racial superiority nonsense. Um, That, in my mind, is a sin. The Bible says that God created us all in his image, uh, and that is regardless of race. So there's no one superior race. To say that is to add to God's word, which is to sin. But if they want to go out there and they want to have free speech, go for it. Now, at the same time, I don't necessarily have a problem with Google, for example, the Stormfront, the neo-Nazi website. Google has said, eh, you're, you're, you violate our terms of service. We're not going to host your domain. And several other companies have done that as well. Well, you know, I have a l- bit of a concern with companies doing this because you're shutting down people's access to the Internet when you do this. And I know that it, they're going after neo-Nazis now, but they'll eventually go after Christians. But they are private companies, and private companies get to do things that the government doesn't get to do. So there are balances there. But I think those of us who disagree strongly with white supremacism, with the alt-right, with the neo-Nazis, we need to stand up and say so. And we need to be mindful of the fact, and it is true, that in the campaign, the president had advisors who convinced him that they should play to the alt-right, and it emboldened the alt-right, and it has gotten out of hand now. The president didn't want this. No one who knows the president thinks he wanted to deal with anything like this. No one who knows the president thinks he wanted to embolden a group like this, but his advisors convinced him it was a good idea, and, and he didn't know what he was doing, uh, or not that he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know who these people were. He trusted his advisors, and they gave him bad advice, and now they're emboldened, and I, that is a real problem. Let's go back to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Mark Kingston, you're next. Welcome. Hi, thank you, uh, Eric. I I just wanted to say that it it sounds like you're saying that the alt-right, because of the fact that they were there expressing their freedom of speech, that they caused all of this? Uh, Well, they did, did they not? Uh, No, they were there. And the Antifas and, and all these other people came in and started the conflict. They were there expressing their free speech. Now, it, yeah, okay, it's hateful. We can all agree on that. But it, but it's, it is still 
guaranteed. It's a right given by God, guaranteed by our Constitution. Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, a, a marching with torches, uh, actually, uh, the Skogie, Illinois neo-Nazi case, uh, they've got the right to do that. But uh, the Antifa group and the other left-wing groups, they would not be there but for the neo-Nazi groups doing this. And why did they choose Charlottesville? Okay, so we should not then go out and, and exercise our free speech because somebody might show up and disagree with it. Well, it's okay that someone would show up and disagree with you. The problem is when both sides essentially encouraged each other to start fights. And well, Antifa talks? did not throw the first punch. Oh, that's not what I've read. Well, it's true. Antifa did not throw the first punch. If you read the police chief statement today from Charlottesville, Virginia, who cast aspersions on both sides, but pointing out that Antifa was not the one to throw the first punch, nor did they run over anyone and kill anyone. No, I, I, I 100% agree with you there. That was not, you know, that, that person needs to be put put to death, you know. Well, but Mark, you do raise a valid point, though, in that we're going to see more and more of these left-wing protest groups try to encourage violence and blame both sides. I, I, I stand by the statement that uh, the, the white supremacists are the ones who started this. No one else would have been there but for them, and they chose Charlottesville, Virginia, for a very particular reason, uh, and they did it to incite and cause problems. Uh, but we should also be mindful that even if they did not intend to incite and cause problems, they would have had Antifa there anyway. But again, multiple people and the police have all come forward and said that based on their review of the situation, yes, Antifa was violent, and yes, people were bloodied, and yes, Antifa caused problems, and yes, Antifa punched people, and yes, they broke windows. But who threw the first punch? The neo-Nazis. 27 after the hour, Eric Erickson here. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? We're going to go to Terry and Jefferson. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you? All right. Um, I just want to know why. Now, I understand why Trump needed to come out and denounce them groups and stuff, but I want to know why the Republicans, they jump on board so quick with the Democrats on Trump to denounce them, denounce this person. Why won't the Republicans in the House and stuff come together and go to the Democrats and say, look, we're calling out our group. It's time for you to tell the Antifa and the BLM, that it's time for them to tone down the rhetoric, too. Yes, and they need to. I think the the one who's come closest has been Ted Cruz and, of course, met by yep. resounding boos in the media for daring yep. to do that. And, you know, you've got the media looking on these groups, and the media looks at the Antifa groups and the Black Lives Matter groups and think they're pure as the driven snow. Um, I'm wondering if they're scared. Why won't they say something? Oh, my yeah, God. I, I, I think fear has something to do with it, which is why you see a guy like Ted Cruz doing it, because he doesn't really care and, and the right. other ones, they want to be loved in the media. Um, yep. You know, e even me, yesterday, I, I, I had a, a New York Times op-ed and noted that the president needed to call these people out, but started, my opening paragraph was, these are just two sides of the same coin, and even some yep. Republican friends of mine were like, oh, I can't believe you started that way. We've got to focus on the white supremacists and leave them alone today. Well, no, oh. we we got to call them out. we got to call them out. we got to be bold. When we come back, though, we got to shift gears. Foreign policy and the president.
It is 39 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Heavy, heavy rain down in the Sonoya area right now, uh, just south of Peachtree City. Also getting a little rain there. McDonough has a storm headed its way now. Uh, and then, well, just light rain on the west side of the city, most of it south of I-20. Uh, there are some storms flaring up, though, in the Lawrenceville, Loganville, Snellville, and Lilburn area. Uh, Loganville and Snellville, you're starting to get a lot of lightning out of a storm there. It is all headed to the east. Um, Woodstock also some light rain, and Canton about to get some more light rain. Let's go back to the phones, 404-872-0750, WSB-TALK. Clay and Marietta, you're next. Welcome. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, my question was a bit more political. I was asking uh, what you think the effect will be on the upcoming midterms because of the Charlottesville uh, riot. Honestly, I think it helps Republicans and probably stuff like this helps Donald Trump get reelected. Really? Yeah. Uh, and the reason is because the left can't help themselves. Uh, the left can't distinguish between a white supremacist and an actual conservative. Uh, they can't distinguish between a member of the alt-right and a blue-collar voter. Uh, so the left blanket labels everyone to the right of them as a racist and needing to be shut down. There's apparently another incident that's just happened in the last little while uh, where Antifa decided to break up a Nazi rally and it was just conservatives. And it led to violence. And these sorts of things happen. And I, I think this actually helps Republicans and helps the president. Uh, I, I am always loath to make these sorts of political calculations when it comes to stuff like this, but I think the left can't help itself. And they always overplay their hand. And they can't deal honestly. The, the average American understands that the Black Lives Matters crowd and the Antifa crowd are not good company to keep. But progressive activists believe that they are a noble cause and they believe that, uh, that you've got to stand up and fight for these people and anyone who opposes them is a racist, is a neo-Nazi, is someone not worth, not only not worth listening to, but someone worth shutting down. And I think that breeds resentment. And because the left is unable to help itself and is unable to call out its own side and is unable to recognize that it is not fighting a moral battle, it is fighting a political battle, I think that helps the GOP. I do. Because I think a lot of Americans... They may not care for the president. They may not even really like the GOP right now, but they positively loathe a group of censors on the left who look on the average American with contempt. And that is what these groups do. They look on the average American with contempt. You're either with them or you are against them. And frankly, most people just don't have enough time in the day to care one way or the other. And because they don't care one way or the other, they're considered the enemy. And that'll hurt the Democrats at polls. Now, let's go back to the phones. Phoenix in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good. How about yourself? Uh, you there? 
Yes, I'm here. All right. Uh, so what's going on? Um, uh, first of all, good evening or good afternoon. I just uh, wanted to speak on the fact that um, we're talking about these groups that are we, we minimize them and call them hate groups when they're really just actually domestic terrorist groups. And then we compare it to Black Lives Matter. And it's, to, it's two, different, to, to, two different things right here, and it's just not fair. Black Lives Matter gets thrown under the bus with people who systematically are domestic terrorists. Well, you know, I would say that in some cases, Black Lives Matters, depending on where you are in the country, what they're doing would get a bad rap. But there are other parts of the country where those protests have gotten out of hand and gotten violent as well. Yeah, it, it, it does. I think when um, a lot of protests, when they do come, people that don't represent the core base of the cause seem to be the face of the cause when they have nothing to do with it, which is not fair. But in a whole, we do know that the white supremacist groups they just they domestically terrorize this country. They you know, you, you raising a good point here that I, I think I, I can't emphasize this enough. And, and I hope both sides listen to this, that if the sides don't police themselves, then it is a lot easier for them to get painted with a very broad brush um, that some people may view as unfair and other people will view as fair. But, you know, when the left comes in and says of the right, you must do these things, what you're going to see is the right say, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. To heck with you people. And when the right does it to the left, the left does the same thing. That's why I don't think it is helpful for anyone, for the left to be so in your face with it. I mean, you know, this was, uh, in perspective, this was a thousand people in Charlottesville, Virginia. Not a lot of people in the grand scheme of things. It did not deserve not half the media attention it got. The white supremacists knew how to play the press to get maximum media coverage. Had it not gotten that media coverage, it would not have gotten out of hand. But the press can't help themselves and the left can't help themselves. And if the left is going to start yelling at the right about this stuff, you're going to find people who despise the white nationalists suddenly be quiet. Because if the left isn't going to self-police themselves, you're not going to find conservatives willing to self-police themselves. And Phoenix makes a great point on, on this issue that uh, there are differences between groups and you do often have people show up within groups causing trouble and giving that group a bad name. Now, I, I have a less positive view of Black Lives Matters than he does. And I, I see it as far more radical and, and disruptive than he does. And, and we, we can agree to disagree on that point. But I think we have to agree on the point uh, that as he, whether he sees it or I see it, if you've got people coming into your group and giving your group a bad reputation, if you don't self-police it, you're going to get the other side policing you. And you yourself, when that happens, you're going to have even less incentive to clean up your own house. Both sides need to clean up their own houses. Five after the hour, uh, a good bit of rain now on the west side of the city, west of 85 on both the north and the south side, although it's fairly light till you get down south of Sonoya. However, we got a new band of showers that have opened up in the Lawrenceville, Grayson, Snellville, Loganville area that is very, very heavy. Uh, just, uh, let me pull this up here. We're talking... 
uh, uh, 1.9 miles northwest of Lawrenceville. There's some hail there in the clouds, uh, so a lot of lightning and very, very heavy rain there. So if you're in the Lawrenceville area, in the Decula area, just be careful. Um, there is no severe weather warning in that area, but this is severe weather in that area. So uh, just just be careful. Y- y'all, before we get out of here, I got to play you this soundbite of the president uh, talking about Venezuela. Considering for Venezuela, what options are on the table right now to deal with this mess? We have many options for Venezuela. And by the way, I'm not going to rule out a military option. Yeah, he's not going to rule out a military option. What's so funny is that Rex Tillerson and Nikki Haley were standing on either side of him. And when he said, I'm not going to rule out a military option, both of them turned to him and just gave him a look. It was just, it was funny. Now, notice how the North Korean situation has gone away. The funniest thing I have seen in the last 48 hours are the number of people on the left who have actually accused the president of concocting the North Korean situation, blaming him, conspiratorially blaming him for this. Absolutely insane. There really is Trump derangement syndrome out there, folks. There really is.